Hey everybody, welcome to Shields Pizza here on Telegraph Road for another edition of the LTU Football Coaches Podcast. A lot of commotion going on right now. It's, for, uh, it's our uh, conclusion, you know, it's our kind of wrap up here of the make first. Party. That's right, for this ever reboot season. Uh, the head coach of LTU Football, Jeff Dubendek, here, and uh, finally get a chance to kind of relax. You know, take a deep breath and look the, back on season. Exactly. You've got the, the first one in the can now, yep. so you can kind of evaluate and, and really kind of see where you guys um, will be for next season. Exactly. And you'll have a new class that comes in. So lots of stuff going on. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, some reflections on what took place as well as, uh, of course, what to look forward to in the future. Um, the season finale uh, was at Indiana Wesleyan. And uh Again, concluding the reboot season, it was a 51-19 loss uh, at the hands of Wesleyan in Marion, Indiana on uh, Saturday, November 17th. Um, so first off, let's talk a little bit about the contest. Uh, it was kind of a roller coaster yeah. uh, in terms of what went on. Uh, they had a fast start. They jumped out to a 17-0 advantage. How did you, how do you account for, for how that took place? Um, you know... I really felt our kids were juiced and ready to go, and they seemed very confident coming into it. Uh, potentially having three weekends off in a row could have attributed to sure. a little bit of a slow start. Sure, you know, it's obviously a change of pace when you start playing against other teams as opposed to scout teams. Um, so that definitely could have been part of it, but uh, you know, maybe it was the travel. Um, I really, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's hard to tell what Sometimes, it was. you know, the ball starts rolling downhill, right. and you got to kind of, you know, get yourself <laughs> exactly. in position to kind of stop it. Sometimes exactly. it takes a little while before you got there. Yep. Um, a second quarter comeback, though. Yes. And uh, that was the important thing. Um, you held them at bay, which I think was the most important thing, right. you know, as well as putting up 13. So talk about that kind of emotional shift. Yeah, early, like uh, we had mentioned, that, you know, they got up to 17-0 lead. We yeah. had an early turnover in in our territory, which put our defense in a negative position. Right. Um, then we mounted a couple drives and were able to uh, to get two touchdowns. Uh, we had that extra point blocked. Um, I still got to figure out that rule. I, I felt it should have been uh, right. points for us right. um, when it bounced out of bounds. But uh, um, but anyways, either way, uh, you know, cut it to 17-13. Yeah. And uh, kids were playing hard, excited, you know, went into halftime that way. And then, um, you know, just a couple more turnovers in the, in the yeah. second half and, and kind of lost momentum and got frustrated and uh, need to learn to respond to those things in a little bit more positive manner. Um, yeah. They're young. Yeah, that's what yeah. young teams do. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're all young. It's yeah. hard to get in the head Every of an eighteen-year-old young man. So, it is. It exactly. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there that have tried it for years and uh, been well, unsuccessful. And the beauty is, you've got great tape now of good and what we need to work on. Exactly. You know, moving forward. Uh, one of the silver linings was that the Blue Devils outgained the Wildcats 441 to 404. Uh, Tyler Kolka, a career high, 351 yards through the air, 22 of 40, two touchdowns. Talk about his performance. You know, I thought he bounced back really well from his first game to his second game against Indiana Wesleyan. I know he put a lot of pressure on himself in that first game and uh, tried to really make more plays than we needed him to rather than re just relying on his teammates to do so uh so you know forced some things and uh you know came up on the short end of some of those 
uh, plays, but in the in the second game, he really bounced back well. Did a great job of leading, staying composed, and uh, and making plays when they needed. Yeah, really becoming. I mean, really a true leader. For, exactly for your boys. Uh, Kendall Williams paced the flight crew, had 116 <laughs> yards, uh, and a score. Became the third wide receiver to break the 100 yard mark in a game this season. Terrell Cunningham hauled in seven passes for 94 yards. How bright is the future for both those guys? Oh, uh, you know. Uh, I think our whole team uh, has a bright future. Yeah, uh, we've got a lot of talent coming back. You know, obviously a lot of it's going to be based off their off-season work ethic. You know, we're having our end-of-season meetings um, last. Uh, we had them on Monday. We'll continue them next week, and um, just discussing with them their plan for the off-season and how they're going to get better, how they're going to progress as individuals and as a team, and you know. I think we've got a lot of kids that are really focused, really determined. Um, you know, sometimes those losses at the end of the season, they sting, but the motivation level goes up. Yeah. Right? Rather than feeling comfortable going into offseason, yes. you've got that sense of urgency of we need to get better and we know what we need to do. You want that bad taste in your mouth exactly. in a way. Exactly. You know? Because, again, this season, for all intents and purposes, had no real significance other than creating a football program. Right. And you know, going through the motions, really, and, and learning what you got. And obviously right. the kids excelled in many areas. Right. Uh, Indiana Wesleyan's uh, run game was in full force. Yep. Uh, trio of ball carriers combined for 250 yards. Uh, Devonnie Alford was a, a workhorse. Yep. I remember him from homecoming, oh, yeah. you know, 26 carries, 160 yards, yep. two touchdowns. Is that big reason why you think the second half got away from you, or would you say maybe the 15 penalties for 144 <laughs> yards? Obviously the penalties never help. Um, um, you know, and and again, that's a, a maturity thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, those will be things that we'll correct going forward. Those are nothing really that I'm worried about. Uh, you know, a little bit of frustration, a little bit of emotion. Um, actually, a lot of emotion. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think uh, I think Alford's a great back. I think they do a good job schematically. Um, and you know. And we also didn't do a good job of managing momentum. Right. Right. So right. when you have turnovers and the defense has to run right back out there after they got off the field, uh, it's tough to step up and say, we're going to stop this right now. And, you know, right after one of our turnovers, I know uh, Cam Jamison fumbled the kickoff on the, on the not opening kick return, but first kick return we had of the second half. Right. And, uh, and Alford had a 20 something yard run right after that. Right. So, um, you know, just managing that momentum and, and trying to uh, keep our defense off the field and and keep, you know, the swings going in our way. Right. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, when it rains, it pours. Yep. You know, uh, yep. and uh, but again, you know, all learning things for uh, for this program. And, uh, and we did see the team actually do some really good things in terms of dealing with adversity throughout the season. Uh, lots of examples of that. The players of the week, I'll, I'll announce those here on offense. It was Tyler Kolka, defense Matt Asterly, uh, special teams Brad Gibson, the scout offense, uh, TJ Kaminsky, scout defense, Ryan Crane, scout special teams, Andrew Murdott. So one thing I wanted to mention was that um, – and it's something that uh, we have in kind of a little season recap that uh, the Sports SID John Hebron put out and uh, is where you guys would rank if the stats would count and in the NA and you know the NAIA and I think it's important um, to to mention some of these things because obviously they don't recognize uh, games against club right. teams but they're still teams that you're right. playing and again when you take to the uh, uh, the fact that both 
you know, you guys being a completely brand new program right. as well, never, none of these guys ever played with yep. each other, except for a few, um, I think it means something. So here's where the Blue Devils would have ranked uh, in these categories in the NAIA. Points per game at 41 on the average, you would have been seventh in the NAIA, second in your conference. Wow. Uh, yards per game, 365, uh, would have been 50th in the NAIA, uh, eighth in the conference, okay. still good. Rush, rushing yards per game, about 135, would have been 62nd in the NAIA, NAIA but ninth in the thing. Uh, passing yards per game, 230, uh, would have been uh, 34th, but fifth in your conference. Uh, but here's, but we got some some interesting ones too uh, that I wanted to mention. Fourth down conversions. You guys were 10 of 13 on the year. Right. Uh, you would have been first. In the NAIA, first in the entire country (laughs) in fourth down conversions. So that's saying something. And uh, I would say on the punt return average, you were averaging 26 yards per punt return, first in the NAIA. Wow. Yeah. And other firsts for your conference uh, would have been yards allowed per game, uh, which uh, was about, um, uh, was it... uh, was yeah total yards about 241 total yards it would have been second NAIA but first in your wow. conference so uh, some really yeah. you know interesting interesting stats so uh, when, when you hear that kind of thing um, you know talk about just as we kind of morph into our season recap um, the real growth that you felt you saw from August to November um, you know coming in in August we we had 45 guys that had practiced together, had zero outside competition, um, and then we had added another 40 to that. And uh, so it was nerve-wracking to me to go into that first game of sure. how we were going to handle that, um, how guys were going to respond to fans being in the stands and the pressure of game time and, uh, you know, just the escalated feeling of pressure that an 18-year-old or even – you know, a 40-year-old has on the sideline prior to that first game. Yeah. Um, so watching them handle that was uh, was impressive. I thought they did a great job. Um, you know, we went down our first drive of the season. Uh, I think we converted a third or fourth down yeah. on that drive and, uh, and scored a touchdown. And just to see, you know, a team execute like that was impressive. Um, our kids grew together. They learned how to overcome adversity through some of those tough games that we had um, through some of those tough starts you know in that second game of the season against Wisconsin Lutheran going yeah. down 20 to three right or 22 to three and coming back and winning 30 to 22 um, I have to admit I was a little stunned yeah. you know because I figured second game you know they're gonna probably take some lumps right uh, and you know if they can you know maybe put a, a couple of scores up, then I think that's going to be a win. Yep. Um, because, you know, it, it, when you think about the first game now, it's 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 so crazy, yeah. you know, because for the first time you guys are hitting the field and you're going up against a club team that has experience. Oh, yeah, you national know? champions. National twice. champions, you know. Uh, for whatever you want to say, they're a team. Right. And uh, it was just such a dismantling. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, you couldn't have asked for anything better except a fourth quarter. Right. You know, who knows how many points, yeah, points you would have scored. Yeah, that would have upped some of those stats. <laughs> it really would have. There's no question about that. Um, but then again, to go down the way you did, yeah. and, and again, Wisconsin Lutheran, a real team, mm-hmm. uh, not a club team. Right. Um, that had to be, you know, it's got to be one of your real high marks for Yeah, I've season. been on some uh, – 
on some veteran teams that wouldn't have been able to handle that adversity. You know, uh, a lot of teams I've been on, when they go down 22-3, to three, they put it in the tank and they call it a day and, you know, they just they lose the effort that they needed to, yeah. to win that game. And to, so to see all of our freshmen come together and overcome that uh, was impressive to us. Um, so that was impressive. Uh, something I forgot to mention, we talked ahead. about players of the week. Yeah. Uh, Brad Gibson. Yeah. The toughest kicker I've met in my life. So right. uh, I don't know uh, if you knew in this game, he uh, kicked off, went to make a tackle, uh, dislocated his elbow, oh. popped it in himself, and then went back out and finished the game. So, You're kidding. Yeah. It's a very tough that's, individual. That's a tough elbow. Is, is That could be, I mean, I've dislocated several things. Mm-hmm. That's I've, I've not done my elbow, but from what I understand, that's probably one of the most painful. Oh yeah, extremely. That painful, you could deal so. with, and he popped it back in yeah. himself. Yeah, that is that is uh, that's grit. My boy that's, Gibby. Yeah. That's determination right there. I like that. Um, the home games, the atmosphere, uh, three sellouts. Yeah. Um, I felt that uh, you could really almost. It was weird, you know. And again, when we talk about what we expected, I mean, it felt from the get-go like this is real. Yeah. This is a football crowd. Yep. This is a football game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's here we go. Yeah. You know, let's build this thing. And you could just feel every game. It just uh, getting more intense and, oh, yeah. and more fun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I love the community support, the support from the student population, support from the administration. Uh, you could just feel the energy and the atmosphere. You really um, could. It was like a real college Right. Campus, right? Yes. Um, with that football on Saturday and tailgate going on, yeah. and then the high school recruits on the yeah, sideline. Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. So. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And and again, there's only going to be uh, more great things uh, once the, the stadium is built, and then once eventually that phase two and your yep. real facility is, is you know seeing the light, um, it's going to completely transform that corner, and it's going to be uh, just a real vision. Exactly. Uh, uh, for the community, uh, real, you know, uh, a centerpiece, right? You know, and uh, it's going to be real attractive, and I think it's going to, it's going to bring out a lot, uh, a lot more people to uh, um, want to be a part of what you got going on. Um, you guys have had an opportunity um, to uh, pitch your program now. Kids have been able to see what you've going on. You'll have, we talked about off camera. You'll have a, a signing day yep. that will come. How how is that progressing? This next class. Uh, it's been great. You know, I think we, uh, our staff's done a good job of identifying kids early, um, identifying kids that fit LTU, fit our needs. Right. Um, and, you know, our, our players are, we always tell them they're our best recruiters. Um, and they've really embraced that role within the team. And, you know, I've been on teams as well where, there's a jealousy of this kid's coming in right. and he's trying to take my spot, so I'm really not going to recruit that hard. But our kids embrace competition, and competition breeds success, and, right. and they understand that mentality. So they're trying to bring in the best kids at their position so that they can be pushed on a daily basis yeah. and so that we can be the best team that we can be. So yeah. uh, the selflessness of our players is very impressive. Yeah, and I'm imagining that you've uh, – uh, you've got some confirmations, you've got some acceptance, or uh, not I don't yet. Know. We haven't put any uh, officials like officials. Off. Okay. Yeah, got we, it. We've told kids they're going to be offered. Right. 
Um, so they, you know, yeah. So they rushed had, to social media. Yeah, they've had it out on yeah, social media yes. that they're offered by Got LTU. It. I was curious how um, that process works. Yeah, but we haven't given them any official a dollar amount. Right. Uh, so it's a little different at NAI Division Two, where it's not, you know, when I was at Michigan State, if you're offered, you're offered, right? right. And you get a full ride. You don't have to worry about anything, right? Right. NAI Division Two, um, it's a little different. You're going to be offered, but, you know, where do you range on the offer and so how much is the out-of-pocket money so sure. it's really hard for kids to commit at that time we do have some kids that we feel very good about once we do give them the dollar amount that they will commit right uh but we weren't we we're holding off till december to do any of that right and you'll have a signing day yep. uh like we did last year when we brought all the kids in when would that uh be do you, i know we don't have a date yet probably but uh, i believe roughly national signing day is november 3rd um, so we'll probably have it sometime around that time, whether it be that day you or said November, that's, You said November I'm sorry, 3rd. February 3rd, not <laughs> November say, 3rd. I'm oh, thinking November, shit. yeah, that's real quick. That's right you around the corner. Yeah. Uh, but uh, February 3rd, um, so it'll either be that that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, somewhere in that range. Yeah, cool, so. cool. And, you know, and again, it's it's a little different now than it uh, it once was in terms of uh, even in the NCAA, they were allowing early signing, yeah. uh, things of that nature. So, obviously, this will be a progress. Do you, do you foresee, uh, because, and again, this is just the, um, the way things are, do you foresee the majority of these kids coming back? Uh, I mean, because you always lose some right. here and there for, for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, there's going to be attrition. Uh, there, there always is everywhere I've been. You know, even at Michigan State, kids giving up full rides to, to stop. You yeah. know, um, just kids understand they don't love football anymore. Oh, yeah, and, right. Um, and want to move on in a different area of life. So, uh, right. so there will be some of that. But uh, for the most part, I think the majority of our contributors will be back. Um, so we're excited about getting them back. And then looking forward to adding the new additions. How many do you feel you'd like to add for, next, um, for the, your next team? Probably about 35. Okay. Uh, you know, we're at 77 right now. Okay. So 35 would put us, you know, 112. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And then eventually you would like to even have it bigger than that. Yeah, uh, 125 is our final. Right. Goal. Yeah, that's great, uh, it, which means they're going to have to build another dorm. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. You know, that's going to happen. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really interesting. The vibe on campus now is, you know, is really it's a sports campus, you yes. know, in a lot of ways. So if you are a student athlete, um, not only you're going to get great support, but, you know, everybody's kind of in the same boat. So, you know, you have that kind of camaraderie and everybody understands you know the stresses that you deal exactly. with, right? Yeah, Getting exactly. up early, going to wake, absolutely, still going to class, going to treatment, and dealing with all that stuff. So it's it is a great community of the thousand on campus. Almost I think 450, 500 of them are athletes. So yeah, so it's, it's a good number. Yeah, for sure. And there have been some uh, improvements made. Uh, at the uh, you know inside in terms of like the bookstore and the yep. cafeteria and things of that nature. Um, what do you for when you think back now to your journey? You know your personal journey from you know where you were at Culver Stockton and then uh, they made a change and then you know you uh, were then now on this quest to find out what your next uh, journey was going to put you the next road. Um, you know how do you even think of it now um and do you like i mean is this i mean you, you, is this home now i oh, mean do you, this has always been home. i know i know this flushing is your home. is your home yeah. but you, but um, you know what i mean no you know it's uh it's weird that uh that final season at culver 
I spent a ton of time in the prayer. Um, spent uh, every Sunday I would go to the Mississippi River. We lived on basically on the Mississippi River. Right. Uh, I would take my lunch out there. I would sit on the, the bank of the Mississippi for almost two hours and, and talk to God. And I, and I asked him, you know, I was not happy with my current situation. And I asked him, you know, kind of guide me to the next. And my wife and I were expecting our second child. Uh, and we were looking to move back close to her family or to my family. Yeah. And, and where's the, her family from? Uh, Milwaukee. Oh, okay. And in the coaching profession, you really don't often get to choose the location. No. Right? So it's very tough. The jobs are limited, and you kind of have to take where you go. So, uh, And I've always dreamed of starting a program. Right. So, I mean, it was just like God said here you Here go. Here you go. You know, asking for better you or for receive. worse. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you know be the careful old what saying. you ask for be sometimes, right? But, that's uh, right. No, it's been a blessing and uh, just been extremely excited to be here. It's been phenomenal from a family standpoint, you yeah. know, being close to grandparents. Sure. Her mother moved out with us, so we're close to all three uh, that are still alive. And then, um, you know, yeah, and we he, just. In Milwaukee, you know, if it wasn't for that darn big piece of water in between uh, the thing. You, you you know you could get there a couple hours yeah, of course really you got to go around it yeah exactly you know, but uh, chicago which yeah you can go through at midnight and still have some bad traffic no today. doubt no doubt it's seven hours pretty much uh, no yeah. matter what but yeah. uh, again not uh uh not out of the question right. can be done mm-hmm. uh as anyone who's driven up to the up and some of those places oh, yeah. know you know we're used to long drives uh so Next year, next season, you guys will be uh, inside of the, and it's called the Midwest State, what? The Mid-States Football Mid-States Football Association. Association. Okay. We're on the east side of that conference. We're the Mid-East. So they have a couple of divisions. Yeah, they have the East and the West. Uh, There's seven in the East currently, eight in the West. Uh, Madonna's adding football in 20. 20 right and i believe and they're not going to have a reboot they're just going to go right in they're right? going right in yeah so okay. um but i think they'll be i assume they'll apply and get accepted to the mid-states and then it'll be eight and eight eight in the east eight in the west okay um kind of even things out and it'll be a nice addition to have a fourth michigan team in right so who will be the teams that will be uh you'll be competing against in the east we'll have uh sienna heights out of adrian michigan we'll have concordia which is out of ann arbor um, and then we'll have four Indiana teams, obviously Indiana Wesleyan, uh, Taylor University, uh, St. Francis out of Fort Wayne, and then Marion out of Indianapolis. And so for those who are not <clears throat> excuse me, uh, super familiar with NAIA football, and, and that, uh, talk about uh, you know from that division and that conference some of the maybe national success that they've had. Yeah, so seven of the last eight national champions have been out of the Mid-States Football Association. So if you win our league, you got a great shot at winning the national championship. Um, It's a great recruiting tool, man. Yeah, yeah. Because you're going to play high-level competition. High-level competition and, you know, have a chance to win that ring every year. So um, this year, four teams made it from our league to the playoffs, Uh, three from the east and one from the west, Concordia, uh, St. Francis out of Fort Wayne, and then Marion out of Indianapolis, and then St. Xavier out of Chicago. St. X actually beat Marion in the first round, so but all three of the four progressed to the second round, so that'll happen this weekend. Uh, Marion was the number two team in the country, so now wow. it's a little bit open. Uh, wow. Who's the number one? Number one is Morningside out of Iowa. Okay. 
All right. Who are some of the schools that are in the uh, west side of the? Uh, uh, the west side. It's a lot of uh, Chicago, Illinois uh, area schools. So there's Trinity International, which is out of Deerfield, uh, St. Francis out of Joliet, Robert Morris, and St. X, which are both out of Chicago, um, St. Ambrose out of Iowa, Missouri Baptist out of St. Louis, and then uh, Lindenwood Belleville is out of uh, Belleville, Illinois. Yeah, and the nice thing is, for the most part, it's a bus league. Yeah. So, you know, you can get there, and uh, it's, you know, which is, is what works financially for right. universities to be able exactly. to not have to fly everywhere, yep. uh, especially with the, the amount of teams that you have. With our uh, East teams, it's really easy yeah, to travel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the... Uh, the Horizon League, you know, in basketball for, you know, you got UW Milwaukee and Butler and Detroit Mercy and and those schools uh, going at it. But, um, well, that's interesting. You know, I would say that uh, from a competition standpoint, where do you guys feel your expectation level will be? Um, We feel we can compete week in, week out. Um, You know, Indiana Wesleyan played a little bit more of those mid-states teams. They had a little bit of a jump as far as scheduling and being able to get those teams on their schedule. From the announcement of football, they announced it about six months prior to when we did um, and really announced hiring. Well, they might have announced it a year prior to. They announced their hiring six months prior to. Um, and so they had a little bit of a jump there on us. But, uh, you know, they were very competitive in league. I think they were 3-0 and against the West teams. And then I think one and three against the East teams. Um, and, you know, we feel we're right there with them. I know the score didn't show it this past weekend. But okay. You take away the turnovers, right. we had more yards than them. And the yeah. first game. Uh, and a three week layoff is. It's it, tough to recover from. It, it, it just yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, those things. Uh, in the first game at home against Indiana yeah. Wesleyan, it was anybody's ball game. Exactly. It was, yeah, it came down to the wire. It so, sure did. Um, so we're right there with them, and, and they were competitive within league. So we yeah. feel another year of growth and then adding some more pieces will be competitive every right. week. Uh, how are you in terms of uh, priorities in recruiting the state of Michigan? Uh, love to recruit the Because it was hard to do initially. So you know, people yep. will see the roster and be like, boy, it seems like you're really getting – well, you yep. know, again, when you came in, yep. you know, uh, you didn't have any – Yeah, yeah, exactly. And our coaches, our high school coaches around here do such a great job of getting right. names out there. Right. And so most of those kids were gone. So it was right. kind of a last-second effort yeah. to get those kids. Um, this past year, I think almost 90% of our class was from Michigan, and that's probably where it will be going forward. Nice. Uh, I think there's some – great football in this area you know the tri-county area and throughout the state but uh um you know i'm excited to watch some games this weekend yeah some of our recruits will be playing we're excited to see them uh hopefully bring home some championships you know a couple of them are playing each other so nice it's a, it's a win-win for us but uh you know yeah. it'll be it'll be exciting to watch um, yeah there's some really good teams in and uh, looking forward to those games. There really is. It always is every year. You know, state champs, we are uh, always at Ford Field all day, both days. Yep. And uh, it's really the pinnacle of, uh, you know, what's what's taking place. And it's a, it's a great venue. It's a, it's a great environment. And, uh, yeah, there is a lot of great football players 
that just for whatever reason, whether they just don't measure up in terms of just this natural size thing or whatever, right. um, or uh, they just, you know, they're late bloomers. Right. There's all kinds of stuff that uh, uh, you have the opportunity to uh, attract and uh, bring into Lawrence Tech, and uh, we're going to keep promoting it yeah. on our shows. And uh, the LTU Sports Report will get back on. They just had their final show. They'll get back on uh, in, in Jan- or probably early February. Uh, and then, of course, back for another football season uh, with you guys. And so, um, yeah, so that is really the, uh, the final show for, for this year. Uh, I would say congratulations, you know, again, on uh, what you guys were able to pull off. Uh, I think that, um, you know, the future's bright, you know. And once that stadium's up there and it's gleaming, um, it's going to be uh, just another level of excitement. It's going to bring a lot of energy to this to this area, because, like you said, this you know Oakland County specifically, yep. uh, but this Tri County area has got uh, a hotbed of talent, and uh, and there's kids you know regardless of how good they are um, want to stay home. Yep. You know they want their family to come see them, exactly. and they want to get a great education, and that's yep. what they get it at uh, at LTU. So, yep. coach. Thank you. Thanks. It's Appreciate been real. Thank you so much for uh, checking this out, and we will uh, do it again next year, and uh, we'll figure some way to make it bigger and better and have even more fun. So uh, lots going on. And, again, if you want to, um, really unique thing they have on the website is if they want to reach out to Coach Duvendeck and kind of maybe – put themselves on his radar and his coaching staff's radar, you can do that. So you go to uh, ltuathletics.com, you can click on uh, Future Blue Devils, and it kind of has a questionnaire that you can fill out, and uh, you guys are open to to, uh, to each and anyone who uh, wants to see if you've got what it takes to uh, to put that on. You know what I mean? (laughs) So uh, we'll we'll get, get it going and we'll do it again next year so for right now uh, I want to thank Coach Duve and his entire team and uh, and everybody involved with the program including Mark Rottenberg our sales director and John Hevron the football SID and Kevin Truszynski back there uh, putting us up on the air uh, everyone from the Blue Devil family uh, we want to wish you guys all happy Thanksgiving and uh, this is a great time to, uh, to be grateful and uh, we are grateful for Uh, his generous time that he's given us this and for all the kids and for what they did for this inaugural season of Blue Devil football. So until next time, we will tell you to, of course, go Blue Devils.